Good evening, Patriots, and today is Sunday, December 18th in the year 2022. We're heading into the week of celebration of Christmas, and it's a good time. It's going to be a great time to enjoy each other, to enjoy fellowship, to enjoy family, and especially, (laughs) sorry, but I was about, I can't do this with a straight face every time I say Trump superhero red tight. NFT trading cards. <laughs> Hopefully, you can imagine. Hey, honey, I've got a surprise for you under the tree. President Trump in red tights. Like, uh, yeah, that's going to be wonderful. Looking forward to it. Patriots, before we begin, make sure that you're getting a good night's sleep. And it's also time to think about right now the great gifts for family members. MyPillow.com has some amazing deals going on right now. And, of course, you can take advantage of all those deals with your BARDS promo code, B-A-R-D-S. Now, right now, they also have an extended money-back guarantee on everything you buy until March 1st of 2023. And just a full array of Christmas gifts, everything from your sheets, Giza cotton sheets, the MyPillow slippers, the MyPillow pillows, the mattress toppers, the six-piece pillow sets, and even the coffee 
and the coffee's good. Check it out. So they've got all sorts of great promos going on, fantastic things. You're going to be able to take advantage of some amazing sales right now. And that's with MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. And your promo code is Bards. And, of course, that makes you officially Bards Nation. And they've got some neat things in there anyway. So check out that page, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. All sorts of cool pillows, pillow toppers, mattresses, sheets, about everything you possibly need. And getting ready for Christmas and Christmas morning and great gifts for family members. And like I've said so many times, there's nothing better to give to a liberal family member than a MyPillow. Especially when they fall in love with it and then just have to admit that it's really that good of a pillow by the person that they probably don't love. But they will. So MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. So, you know... Where do I begin on this one today? Because it's been an interesting weekend, a quiet one, and a nice one just walking with Jesus. And I, and I do mean that. Just been some quiet time. And I, I really want to focus on some simple things. As we get involved with a lot of the, the crazy, and there is a lot of crazy, and there's a lot of people percolating up in, pay, in getting frustrated, which is rightful, and justified. And people are just kind of fed up with the stupid. We had a lot of stupid last week for sure with this. Uh, and not to, not to understate the, the level of stupid of Trump trading cards, because that was a whole new level of stupid. I never saw coming. So, um, and I don't think any of us did. That's kind of like getting Trump bobbleheads. And I, and I'm not going to do that either. So, Anyway, we're we're at a crazy time. So, so much of this at this point in time is just us having to step back from the realities that they want us to see and center into the one place that God is always showing us, which is the truth in everything we do. Our world is literally shaped in multiple layers of lies. And the more that we dig into this, the more that we realize what an illusion we're dealing with. I had a long talk call today with Dr. Frank and great man, great scientist, great researcher and very talented. And he and I were sharing some ideas and perspectives on what we're seeing out here. And it's definitely starting to look pretty crazy. So just to kind of frame that a little bit, I don't have hard numbers on this, but based on my research and Dr. Frank is seeing, seeing something similar, but not necessarily to the magnitude that I'm seeing. But nonetheless, we probably have a population estimate in this nation that's could be as high as 30% artificially created, and maybe it's just 10% artificially created. That's still a lot of people, 33 to 60 million to 90 million people that don't exist but exist on the census rolls. And that's something in the, in the research of all this we're starting to look at. He's starting to see it percolate up with the voter validation stuff. And that would mean that these people have social security numbers. They have numbers. They have probably numbers for their Medicaid. They are going to have potentially a death benefit. And so what we're seeing here is this way that in which the system has been manipulated 
And these same people are also very likely having social media profiles. And what we're dealing with is an overinflation of population by digital entities that literally don't exist in real life. How extensive that is, we don't know yet, but I know that Dr. Frank says that they can prove that there's millions just in the work that they're doing now. There's millions of people that don't exist that are voting. So that's, that's the beginning of that. And in a classic PSYOP sense, you would do just something like this. You would create an invisible number of people, an invisible population that would be voting, would be active on social media. None of these things would exist. And yet they would convince the public that they were overwhelmed, that the, it would steer directions of policy, steer directions of vote. They would create echo chambers. And sadly, people are really gullible. I, I think the one thing that we're seeing here is a, a great, an increasing divide between the population. We have this growing separation of people that want to believe in the matrix. They want the benefits of the matrix. They want to be tied in with the web. They want to be digitally bridged in to be a transhuman. And then we have this other revolt side of revolting from that going, we're not going to have anything to do with it. And it's that walk that we're taking that we gain an increasing clarity, especially as we dig deeper in our relationship in Christ that eyes are open and we see deeply into the bowels of what's really going on. But there's really a mass illusion that's set before us, and it is huge. So as this unravels and we're starting to realize how our, our lives have been heavily influenced by these machines, these entities, these corporate influencers, it's going to give us a good jolt it should give everybody a good jolt to come to grips with the fact that we have been not anchored enough in our relationship with Christ and way too anchored into this particular world which we're walking in. I took some time over the weekend to do what I like to do, which is to just shut everything off. And I, I really enjoy this. I go up to the property, I shut everything off, cell phone off, everything. There's no... No computers, nothing. And I, I like to just sit for quite a period of time and just experience Father God just in a quiet mind state. I'm not actively praying. I'm just embracing what Christ puts before me. And it's just focusing on breath. And I think that's one of the most powerful things because as we're breathing and focusing just our breath on Jesus and breath on Father God, we're, we're really starting to build into an amazing connection, and it, it does settle us into an amazing place. And it takes a bit of discipline to do that because our minds are very noisy. And when we do this process, we discover how much noise and how much agitation sits in our conscious mind. And it's literally there that you start to realize how much influence is happening in our thought processes that is ultimately making it difficult for us to hear and relate to God. Our minds are busy. They're being programmed, reprogrammed, influenced, pounded on, injected, you name it, with information at an unprecedented level. And part of this chaos, which we're currently in, is to create that sort of constant mental confusion and disarray and chaos in thinking that even without stepping away, 
we're not able to reset our bearing and move forward. And I am one that believes very heavily in this. I've told you before that this basic practice started in my martial arts training and to really realize the disciplines that that takes to be able to sit quietly and sit with quiet mind is to me extremely powerful. And especially with the intent of connecting deeply with father, it is just an amazing experience. And I, and I will tell you, it, 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 the, when I finally got a chance to sit into this this weekend, it was, there's a miraculous moment that hits. And I think it was about 20 minutes in and just breathing. And I mean, literally, you can just feel everything shift and settle. And it was literally like, hello, Father. Hello, Jesus. You're right there. What a lot of that is just a reminder for me as I go through this is the perfection of the world around us and how separated we are. And it's not separated by a lot. We're literally separated by just like half a degree. And that's enough to take us completely out of resonance with the power of what God brings into our lives. I don't think there's any question that we can heal just about anything. I don't think there's any question that we can overcome anything. I don't think there's any question that literally, as Christ said, with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain from here to there. None of that I doubt or question. The, the Where we get stumbled in is to think in terms of a mechanical relationship down here as if we are doing that. We're not. It's God working through us. And then to appreciate deeply that connection that we have to have in him and through him to make all that happen. And that, again, is breath. It's very simple. It's breath. And it's, I think, the one of the most amazing things. I had a great talk with Brad Cummings over the weekend, which you all know. And by the way, he's going to be on. I have a special recorded with him. So that'll be like 20, the 23rd, I think we're going to do that. It's a long interview, two-part We do a lot of it to have a great discussion. And what he was bringing forward this weekend, which I thought was a really great insight, is literally the true meaning of what we say is Yahweh. And the original Yahweh didn't have any vowels, but it literally was the sound of breath, Yahushua. And it's the breath itself that is the true essence of God. It's a deep discussion. I'm just kind of touching on it now, but it's the whole principle that God is in us in everything we do through our breath. And I think we have to value that because when we start to get ourselves centered in that, then everything that we do is a process of prioritizing him. And to really take some time and step back from the craziness, and I did, and I took some time to spend some time with the cows. There's 33 of them up there at the property right now. And they're all hungry because it's cold. So they like to eat and like to moo a lot. They like to remind me that if I don't feed them on time, they want more. And if I feed one group before the other group, they all remind me that they need to be fed sooner and that sort of stuff. It's the normal, the normal existence of, of animals. But here, here's where you start to just appreciate the perfection and simplicity of life. Cow's life is pretty simple in many ways. I mean, they literally, they eat, they poop, they make babies, and they nurture their young. And they protect their young. 
and the reflection of their life in their place is reflected a great deal in the calves. And we have about six pretty young calves up there right now. And they're happy. In fact, I had a neighbor come by who I used to go to high school with. And he, he was commenting how he drove, when he drove by the other day, he was just watching the calves. And he's like, man, your calves are great because they're just, they're dancing around. They're chasing each other. They're, that's the reflection of, of good mothering, of a good moment in time, of healthy eating, all those things. And when I'm watching a calf experience life and enjoy it and running around or driving down to get the tractor and then watching the calves like in exploration, like peek their head out until they see the Jeep and then run behind their mother or watch the mothers because they know that they're pretty smart that they know that at a certain point their calves, you have to separate the calves from the moms at a certain point. And so the young calves, if you watch the, the mama cows, they will hold their cow, the youngest ones, they'll stay back from the feeding and wait until the feeding's out and the other cows have come up and then they will cautiously bring their, their calves up because they don't want to take a risk of having the calf taken from them. You just experience right there the things that I think as humankind we forget so often. And it's just the beauty of the simplicity of living. The one thing I, I love about just getting into the quiet mind space is that you're truly in the moment. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm not thinking about yesterday. I'm just breathing into the moment. And that is an, that anchoring that I don't, that I would just say collectively as a society, we do very little of is what gives us that center point, that rock to rock, put our feet on. We, we tend to be extremely noisy in our culture on so many levels. And it's not new. It's been this way. This is who we are. I remember when I was in junior high, the uh, librarian and a friend of a family asked if I wanted to join him and some, and some other friends up on a hike into the Tetons. And he had invited another student and that other student said, yeah, I'd go as long as I can bring my Sony play PlayStation or play thing, whatever it was. I can't remember Walkman, I guess it was then it was a, it was a tape player and that was out in right away because the whole thing was to go up and experience the hike in just the silence of walking in the mountains. And it was beautiful. Tetons are gorgeous. That's when I've done my hike and my backpacking, it's always, I never bring music with me. If I bring a phone, I prefer to bring a sat phone. So it's just for emergencies. Everything gets put away. All of these things, again, is to walk into the world and be there and be present. And there's so much that goes on in the world when we give it time and we listen. In the city environments, it's difficult because there's a normal noise and confusion and cities are busy. In fact, I'm not even sure that God wanted us to live in cities. I think that's a modern-day creation. It in itself creates enormous amount of problems. But just taking time to listen to the wind and taking time to listen to the trees, going out at night and listening to the sounds at night or looking at the stars and seeing what's moving and what's not. 
and just being in that space. And it's night is a good one too, because night we tend to have a lot of fears that we manifest in our own mind. If a person watches too many horror films and they're going to start dreaming about skinwalkers and chainsaw massacres and werewolves and whatever else. But the night is just peaceful and it's quiet and it's calm. There's a whole different language that goes on at night. And it's the same as there's a new language that happens at sunrise when you start to crack open. And that's something that I, I also try to take. And I'm taking as a heading into the new year. This is something I'm making a real discipline to to start opening my day in prayer at sunrise because it's such an amazing, and I mean outside when I say that too, because sitting there outside in prayer and being part of the awakening of the world, again, it's just, it's connecting us to this greater language of Father God. We have to start really embracing the fact that the world that we're in, and I'm, and I'm not saying anybody's not doing this, but I, when I say this, we're all to one degree or another trying to look into the future in a way and also trying to balance that with what we've known in the past. And I think the hardest part about our walk going forward is the fact that going forward, we don't know what that direction is going to be because we don't know where it's going to arrive. We just know that walking through him is going to give us that balance and that walk. And we know that through that, there's going to be some amazing insights. And some of those insights are very quiet and very subtle, but they're part of us reestablishing the connection with the greatness of who we are. We have worked through centuries of deconstruction of our relationship with God. And in the last hundred years in this nation, between the education system, the corruption of the churches, the variety of other places that we are, we've ended up in, we've arrived at a place where we, the relationship with God is, has been separated massively. For so many, the concept of, of relationship to God depends on a, on whether the service was done well on Sunday or not. And it's the only thing that service should be on Sunday is this like a, an energizer to get you to go deeper and to walk more boldly. It shouldn't be the single relationship you have with God. Or it's that point to like, oh, I had a rough week. I need to get cleaned up. Our conversation and dialogue should be constant and perpetual. And again, it's breath. And as we're walking in that step and that breath beautifully and striding beautifully with God, we're, we're feeling and experiencing the world as he does. And so we're faced with these really complex issues right now, lots of them. And in these complex issues, we're... We, if we try to dig into them and we're going to do the research and we're going to do our rabbit hole digs and we're going to do all these things, we're going to learn a lot about the world. But ultimately, we have to find a way to pivot back and center ourselves with Father again. This world is a mess. It's, and I think that there's an infinite number of rabbit holes we can go down. And while the knowledge is interesting and in understanding the corruption and the evil that exists here, the simplicity of it all is that literally God gives life and gives breath. And with that, all this other stuff doesn't touch us unless we let it. And that's back to the mind because the mind gets noisy. And when it gets noisy and it gets cluttered, 
we start to steer different directions and we start to lose point that every moment that we have here on earth is precious and that we need to be digging in more deeply into the gifts and talents that God has asked us to be part of. And in addition, in my opinion, asking him for the clarity so that we're not wasting breath and we're not wasting action, but we're pursuing those gifts and talents as he needs us to with less clutter and less distraction. That type that shapes our life significantly and things start to work together and in resonance. Talked to a friend over the weekend and he's been doing great in his job Loves what he does, working incredible hours because he's in, his skills are in such demand. But he made a comment, which was interesting. He said, you know, I'm making more money than I ever imagined. He said, but the quality of life hasn't improved. And so we got into a discussion about reading the Bible, and it led to just a fantastic discussion. But there's a point there, is that, God wants to give us a beautiful life and there's a lot of consumption in our lives about the problems around us or the, the noise around us of what's coming, the impending doom, the, the collapse of the economy, the food shortages. These are all, we can map them out. We can make a point that they can, they will all happen and we'll all continue to cover those as events evolve to kind of keep track of that. But here's, that reset to the center point, though, that we have to always remember. That's understanding the enemy's narrative. God's narrative is fear not. So that essentially takes every single thing that they ever put on the headline and it negates it with one, with two words, fear not. And all that other stuff is noise. So it's literally, you're in the desert, And what he's telling you is you have nothing to worry about. Every one of us at one point or another is going to get wrapped up into the concerns and the fears of the morrows. And if we're listening to our heart and walking as he wants us to do, we're, we're doing those sorts of things, moving down the path he needs us to do. And there is no fear in anything we do. So all this other stuff that gets under our skin, gets us angry, gets us, fearful, gets us filled with anxiety, gets us overwhelmed. There is no reason for any of those emotions to be there. Easier said than done. But then I go back to that place of breath. Because when you sit quiet and you're breathing, all of that is going to reveal. And if you don't believe me, try it. Sit quiet. Try to quiet your mind so you're not focused on anything but your breath. And that breath is the focus of Father's breath. And just focus and watch how much is in your mind. And and it will take a time and a discipline to quiet all that down. And the more that you go through that process, the more that you're cutting away at the influences that are designed specifically to separate us from Father God. So this is... I think a real challenge for all of us because where we're going is also not going to be like where anything we came from. We have this strange and very bizarre world we're in right now. Besides spandex Trump, it's a complete and bizarre world. And 
you have on one hand, and, and think about this, we have the World Economic Forum who's telling us what our future will be. And that future, according to them, will be you will own nothing, you will rent everything, you will be happy. You will be chipped, you will be tracked, you will be squeezed into 300-square-foot low-carbon footprint boxes. You will eat the food that they provide. You will live off of the money they provide. You will abide by the rules they deliver. And if you deviate on any of those things, you may be cast out into the wilderness or you'll be euthanized and put down or offered ability to commit suicide. Those are kind of, in a nutshell, everything about the future. If you have a health problem, they'll grow another thing for you on the back of a mouse or in a 3D printer. And they're going to be taking injections multiple times a day. They've told us all of that and more. Okay. And then we have this other, supposedly we only have two paths ahead, which is not true. But in this other path that we're offered, which would be kind of symbolized by Q, it's this, trust the plan. (laughs) And you're like, "Uh, uh, what's the plan? Just trust the plan. Well, they're saying this, just trust the plan. We're going to show you a whole new world. And it's really kind of comical when you think about it. Because you sit back and you're like, okay, the guys that we're supposed to hate are telling us all the details about what we're supposed to, what, what our future is going to be like. And the guys we're supposed to love are telling us nothing. And so that's the craziness that we're in until you realize that that's the illusion. Where we sit there is when we walk and we step into that body of Christ and we're walking truly there and listening to God. And he says, trust the plan in his own way. I don't, I've not heard God tell me trust the plan to be clear, but I'm using that as a, it's kind of just reference point. As we trust in God's plan, we find this overwhelming comfort and calm that exists there in the moments because we know that he has us. Believe it or not, I'm not going to be trusting my future to superhero Captain America Trump in red spandex any more than I'm going to be trusting my future to the evil nemesis Klaus Schwab and Harari who want to tell me that I'm going to be chipped and turned into some irrelevant flesh thing. But I have that trust in Father as I've had these conversations with him and I get responses back. And that trust as we tuck into that gives us this unbelievable clarity that we can't even define. That's the amazing part in that relationship is that we're given that. We find those moments. And this, again, I go back to the breath because in sitting in that breath, you find those moments. And it is so peaceful. It is so calm. It is so perfect. You don't even ever want to get out of prayer. And you just hold there. And it's so refreshing and so healing. And it's so clear that it doesn't matter where the direction is that we go. It will be perfect by Father's hand. No matter where you end up. So that leads me to a very awesome conversation I had today with Dr. Eric Naputi. Eric has been, he's a fighter and he's been going a hundred miles an hour 
And if you haven't read the headlines, they decided to squash Eric, they meaning the Department of Justice, decided to squash Eric because Dr. Eric Naputi has been one of these on the front line of COVID and, and ivermectin. They decided to squash Eric with a, here it comes, and I'm not making this up, and I'm not exaggerating, a $500 billion lawsuit. Let me say that again. A $500 billion lawsuit is what they're suing, the government is suing Dr. Naputi for. And the amazing thing is in this process, Eric has had an amazing interaction with Father God. Amazing. And he's been put into a place where he himself has had to make a decision of what path to choose. That path of fighting or that path of trusting. And so I got a text from Eric today and it just asking for prayers for tomorrow because tomorrow is a big event and it's his, he's going to meet with the judge. So I called him and we had a fantastic conversation. We had a fent, I, I prayed for him at the end of the call, but we're going to pray for him tonight too. But here, here's the point of this whole conversation. And it goes back to everything we've talked about in the last six weeks. It talks about where we are right now and talking about breath and in the moment. And what Eric was coming down to is he's like, man, I have gone hard and fast. And I, I, you know, I thought I was going to do this way and build all this stuff. And he says, finally, I come to this point, I hit this wall and God just basically says, are you going to trust me or not? And Eric's like, I'm going to trust you. So God's like, all right. So against some of his lawyer's suggestions, Eric set up the meeting, set it up so the government would agree to the meeting with the judge. But before that, the government came to Eric and they're like, okay, we, we, we've kind of gone too far on this whole thing. This is the DOJ, by the way. And like, we've gone too far on this thing. We just want to kind of clean it up. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just give you a tiny little fine. We're going to erase all this $500 billion stuff. We're going to give you a little fine. He didn't say how much. He said, we're going to kind of give you a slap on the wrist, but what you need to do is just sign that you were guilty of, of pushing a solution that we didn't approve and just admit that and then we'll make it all go away. And this is the, this is the fighter in God right here that speaks through Eric. And I love this. And Eric says, no, I can't because I didn't do anything wrong. And if I sign that, I'm committing fraud by admitting to something I didn't do. And in that sense, I can't do that because I'll be held accountable to God for lying. So the answer is no. So tomorrow is a big day because he's going to sit before the judge. And Eric and I had a, just an awesome conversation today. We haven't talked like this for probably... Now, we talked a while back, but it's been on and off. He's been busy. I've been busy. We're, we're good friends. I, I, I respect Eric so much. And kind of at the core of all this, I, we talked about breath. We talked about the focus of, of where we need to be. And I, I recounted the story, which I've told here now a couple of times, about where I was with this forgiving and loving heart and justice. And 
I want to just recount that a little bit to get back to where we're, we're going to go with this is that, as you recall, as I, we're, we worked on that for about three or four weeks, and then the Balenciaga thing came in. And as Balenciaga comes in, then I'm, you know, I'm kind of veering into more of that battle-hardened space, the hardened heart. And I felt it, and I was talking to Brad Cummings, and he's like, dude, no rebuke on your stuff, but just be aware that I, I, it sounds pretty edgy, what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, it is. So I took it to Father God, and I'm like, look, I, I totally am following you where you want me to go on the loving and forgiving heart, but when we get to children and we get to the exploitation of, of kids, that's not selling well. And that's when Father says, you're not ready. And then he says, you have to master the loving and forgiving heart because the enemy you face is far greater than anything you can imagine. It's a thousand years, it's thousands of years old. And you have to trust in me for justice. And then you need to build the map, which translates to you need to figure out who it is you really is your enemy because you don't know. And the answer is we don't. We have a lot of agencies and a lot of different things, but we don't have the specific people because we talk broadly in euphemisms. We use the they, we use departments, we use agencies, we use broad capturing terms, but we don't have it mapped out. We hear the story of David and Goliath. We're very clear who the enemy is. It's Goliath. And we hear about Gideon. We're very clear who the armies are. And we hear the stories of Joshua and his armies. We know very clear where those are. But we don't have it that clarity, that much clarity yet. So I was sharing this with Eric, and he's like, dude, that is so dead on. He said, it's so dead on. He says, I've come to this realization. He says, and I was fighting this. And that the the understanding that God put before me, it was the same thing. That he was going to have to let this go. And he did. And he said, I have no angst to these people. I forget. I don't have any anger towards them. I said, I have forgiveness in my heart and love in my heart for them. Because I'm trusting in God to lead this tomorrow, this event tomorrow, to literally bring appropriate justice by his hand. I bring this up because these are two independent people. I, Eric and I have not shared these stories. And here we get, go again. And what is the common piece? It's breath. We're breathing in with Father. We're breathing out with Father. And he's speaking a common language that we're hearing. And here's somebody in the middle of the fight. Tomorrow is like, it's like, slaying time tomorrow and he could be coming in there with just a sharpened sword ready to go after them and instead he's going in with a humble heart and he's going to approach that judge with honesty and he's looking to God to bring the justice it's all the connection through the breath of father in all this noise and confusion and there is more noise and confusion than I think any of us have ever imagined possible. In the, it's in the calm of the breath that we can hear Father and see our way through. 
And Eric's example is testimony to this. Because this testimony is that in the hustle and bustle and flailing of things, Father sat him down. And that sit down came in the form of a $500 billion lawsuit sent to him by the DOJ, by the government. That's a kind of a big deal, just so I say it. And it's a settling deal. And you have a, we all have those choices to make. Some of us won't necessarily have to face a $500 billion lawsuit. That would be nice. But the point is, is that it was a moment that caused him to step back, forced him to step back. Or he could have charged forward. It's always our free will. And Eric did the thing that anybody that's truly walking with Jesus would do. He stepped back and he found the quiet in the breath. And he sat with it away from everybody, away from all things, and took some time, a few days. And it was, he had those conversations with God that he needed to. And in the clarity of those conversations, it became very clear that the only way justice would be delivered is if he had a forgiving and loving heart. The hardest step I think we all have to make, and the way it starts for me is always the same. It starts with the breath. And it's therein, in that powerful breathing and focusing and just letting ourselves be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, letting ourselves be in the presence of God. That so much clarity is given that it's a wisdom that carries on far beyond that moment. And that wisdom gives us eyes to see, it gives us ears to hear, and it gives us discernment, which we definitely need. If we were right now to all stop and breathe and focus on that breath and pray with this intent of just having a quiet mind, I don't know what would happen, but I'll tell you, it wouldn't be anything but positive. Because all of this other garbage would become very suddenly irrelevant. And that's ultimately what I always enjoy about these weekends. When I take a step away on the Saturday and a Sunday and I unplug because nothing in the world really matters except the things that are before me. The cattle need to be fed. They need that. And they tell me that. The calves are playing around and are un they have no idea that Twitter is dropping files or Trump is dropping NFTs or Nancy Pelosi is not showing up to work or Russia's going to bomb another power station apparently in Ukraine. That, that calf has no idea about that. The mother has no idea about that. It just has one primary concern to make sure that the calf is okay when it needs to be and then just to eat. And those are the simple facts of life that are simple reminders for us of how complex we've made this world and how unnecessarily complex we've made this world. And it all sheds away when we simply focus on God's breath. And right there in that time, in that moment, in those moments that we give that 
the respect that it needs, things are very clear and they're very calm and it's very, there's not much confusion left of where we need to be or what we need to do. So Patriots, we're going to pray. I want to include Dr. Eric Naputi tonight in our prayers. It's a big day for him tomorrow. It's a big day for someone who is also trusting in God to deliver justice as we all do and need to. So let's pray. Father, we are here tonight just humbled in in your presence and truly blessed by this fellowship that we have that just is so massive and connects with so many people and continues to grow and continues to grow stronger at its very root. Father, tonight we're, we're going to begin our prayers with a prayer for Dr. Eric Naputi. As you know, he and I shared prayers today. We, sh- we shared a wonderful exchange, and tomorrow is a very significant day that you've put before him. So we want to just begin by praying for justice, the justice that only you can bring, the justice that ensures that there aren't any shenanigans, that there's a true justice in the sense that Eric was doing the right thing to save lives, and that's respected. A justice that silences the tongues of the liars, but something greater, Father. A justice that we pray for that Eric, in the presence of the judge, can feel and live in the moment of the Holy Spirit so profoundly that it touches the others, that it transforms hearts, that it opens up the love for you and the understanding of true kingdom justice. A moment that will transform lives around him and have, like any good seeding event, seed the love of Jesus in the hearts of those that will carry far beyond that moment in in court. This is a significant moment tomorrow, Father, and we truly pray that the judge will find that sort of wisdom to cast this whole lawsuit out and just to send it away. To restore the confidence that there is true justice in this land through a simple case with Dr. Eric Naputi. We pray for him. We pray for his family. We pray for his anchoring in Jesus tomorrow, that it will be unwavering. And no matter what befalls, none of that is, there's no hesitation in any of that. No no, nothing but just pure love in Christ and to let that again pour out into the world in such a way that that is what is seen and felt and that is what transforms. So Father, with that, we, we'll close tonight with a prayer for breath, simply to be focused on that deep and resonant breath with you. That We pray for people just to take the time to stop to quiet the mind and to breathe. And not just to breathe, but to focus on your breath. The breath in and the breath out. And to experience that amazing and beautiful resonant place of calm and peace and love and forgiveness. And in that tuck away place where we sit with a quiet mind, just letting all that you are surround us and fill us 
to know and feel the power of what comes in there of knowing that nothing can defeat us. Nothing can stand before us. Nothing can conquer us and that justice will prevail. Thank you, Father, for all you give. Thank you, Jesus, for the, just the love and the sacrifice you pour into us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So keep your prayers up for Dr. Naputi. And as well, and I didn't say it, and I need to amend the prayer tonight, because one other person, we're going to do another quick prayer. And we prayed for her on Friday night, but we need to pray for her again tonight. That's Nancy R. She's part of us. She's in hospice. She's been suffering through some really tough cancer treatments, and they haven't gone well. And so if you join me in one more prayer, please. Father, as we close out this evening, we have one more prayer. If you please hear our prayers. A prayer for Nancy, Nancy R., that we know and are so dear to our family in this fellowship that we've built. And just pray that she finds that pure love and power in Jesus in her heart. These are difficult times. And we, we would love to see a resounding healing that comes through the body of Christ. But wherever this is that you design, designate her to be, we just pray that she can be tucked away in you in that fantastic, powerful place of love to know that she is loved, that she's not alone, that Jesus is with her, that we're with her, our prayers are with her, and we just pray for the best, whatever that best looks like for her. So, Father, just keep her in your arms, and Jesus, just sit with her and let her feel the love and the healing that pours out of you. And let her just know that wherever this goes. She is safe with all that you have given her and all that you give us. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So patriots, take a little time, if you can, if you're so inclined, to sit quiet, just breathe. Enjoy the beauty and perfection of the breath of Father. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, thank you. Good night and out for now.
Out of my mind, like the dark in the distance. Why? 